It is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Catherine Frady. I remember you so well. Do you? That's I good. I do. I mean, I haven't been gone that long. I know, but I can tell you, this is how I know that I'm happy that you're here. My physicality, my body is telling me that I'm happy that you're here because I was on all fours uh, cleaning the bathroom floor <laughs> moments ago. And I thought, I just, but, I, but I realized that when Todd Steed and... Um, Teresa Britton came over to talk about Friends of Literacy. I was dripping, drenched in sweat as I was trying to get everything ready, just trying to hook up the camera. I just start sweating out of anxiety and nervousness. Okay. And today I'm as dry as a bone. That's good. Because that's you're good. here. I See, mean, I'm relaxed. You know, that's great. I'm comfortable. That's good. You didn't, you didn't have to clean up for me. So. <laughs> well, I don't know if you notice, but I do it every time anyway. I know. There's I know. always that blue stuff in the toilet. I know. It's great. All right. Everything's it's been fantastic. scrubbed with uh, clean Clorox wipes. I mean. I'm just saying. I appreciate it's it. It's part of the... It's, yeah. why, we hardly, you know what? The fact that we occasionally have guests come over to do the podcast causes me to clean this section of the house from that door to that wall, and that's that's it. I still think like a curtain or you know one of those screens, oh, that yeah, you could just like open and close with my logo on it. Exactly, and, yeah, kind of a, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. Well, if you love our show, uh, please do subscribe on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. Oh, that's Smash right. That was that your button. gig. Oh, yeah. Shoot, I Come messed on, up. I Frank. messed up. Yeah. Yeah, gonna, <laughs> it's been a long time. It has. <laughs> But you've been traveling. You've been everywhere, um, doing operas in Baton Rouge, doing operas in Knoxville. Congratulations! Right. Thank you. We had a really successful production. Infinite energy of Ada Lovelace. Yeah, which was uh, was good. Infinitely charming. I thought. Um, you know how I am. I how was, are you? I was anxious and uh, and like, oh, what if I don't like it? But I, it was good. It was good, right? It was I good. mean, it was pleasing to listen to, I yes. think. Could you catch all the words? I mean, I know it's hard, you know, um, even depends, in English. It depends where you're seated. And yeah. I was a, a tad too close to the orchestra for some okay. of the louder parts. Right. But right. during the quieter parts, I was fine. Yeah. Um, but also Different singers you, can sing, like, more clearly with their yeah. diction, too. So. Uh, I thought they all did really well that, in that regard. I was pr- they all performed beautifully. Great. And by amazing coincidence... The night before the opera, so it was on, um, I went on Thursday the 16th, Mm -hmm. so on the Ides of March, Jerry's birthday, to celebrate her birthday, we're sitting around watching Scholars Bowl, as we do. The Ada Lovelace question was on there. On, was it really? It's on every oh, year. That's exciting. Yeah, and the kids rang in right away and said, Ada Lovelace. And that's like, awesome. Well done, well done. That's awesome. Yeah, so, we tried to actually get the information out to the schools that we were doing the production. Yeah. Because it was part of the Penny for the Arts, and, yeah. you know, kids could come. Well, we recorded this last October, so it was just a coincidence that the question about which who was the at first. the same time. Yeah, who is yeah. the first female, or first, uh, not even female, I think we just said, as credited with writing, being the first computer programmer. And they just ring in right away and say, Ada Lovelace. That's awesome. The kids know it. I'm I happy about that. that. Yeah. Well, anyway, great job on the show. So why was there Thursday? And it was there were many more people than we had expected. We did do quite well. I think we had about 60 people in the space. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a small space, it's a small but space. It, was, it felt full. Yeah. And then same on uh, Friday, Saturday. Friday was a little lower, but Saturday was was better again that's good so, yeah. well you got to promote it on uh, on television how'd that go it was good you know i mean i put out this huge request somebody help me get television she sends an email to the board <laughs> she sends an email to the board saying um this is like what a couple of weeks before saying everybody's got it on the board you got to do your part you got to spread the word and help us sell tickets because that's what we're supposed to do right and she says i've been trying to get in touch with um channel six to get on living east tennessee but tala was on vacation 
Did I? I, I, I think it's what it said in the no, email. No, no, no. In the email, I was like, I'm getting in touch with. Oh, oh. Yes, you misread that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I saw that Tala was on vacation. <laughs> and then you saw that she was on vacation, yeah. So that's what I was. So I thought, I'll open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which you did when you were at Dollywood, right? It was, it was fate. I ran into um, Veronica Obey and uh, Dakota Farless, who is currently the producer of that show, with these kind of. They, the producer David left, so they've kind of thrown it on Dakota for now. Gotcha. Um, and uh, I'm, I said, "Hey, uh, do you got any openings on the show?" He's like, "I don't have anything for Monday." I said, "I got two for you. <laughs> <laughs> How about Frady <laughs> and me?" And then I showed up at the station, and Dakota was like, "Where's your partner in crime?" <laughs> because we were all waiting in the lobby on time, ready. They to told go. her she had to be there at two thirty. All 2:30. the other guests. We're on time. You said you had to be there at 2.30. I'm never on time. So the fact that I was there on time. But I've been going there every couple of weeks for two years, and my call time has always been 2.45. So at 2.44, I knock on the back door, and I go waltzing in. It was an early call time. I thought so. I thought it was like, I was like, are you, I actually wrote back and said, are you wanting performances? This is like very early. (laughs) Yeah, no, if you're going to perform the heavy come at one One, and record it. So you can do that when you... Sing and in a pretty night. I think that'd be great. I heard another woman sing it. I feel, not that I'm cheating on you, Catherine, but I heard another Gosh. woman sing the Susanna song uh, this past weekend. It must not have been as good. I mean, that's it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can, we can watch another topic if you want. Rather than I can't lie. Are you uh, saying it was better? No, I'm oh. saying that this woman was I, I remarkably leave. all of. <laughs> All four of the singers that Jerry and I saw at the Chattanooga Opera or Opera Chattanooga had a concert with the Chattanooga Symphony or however they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and all four singers were fantastic. They were spectacular. Good. And I thought, this is amazing. This is great. It was a very nice That's way awesome. to spend an evening. That's awesome. And um, the people on one side of Jerry were the family of this high school kid who had won the youth competition and he's up there to open the show playing this very complex Haydn concerto and, oh, that's and cool. nailing it. That's awesome. And then on my the other side of me, it's like we bought artist comps that said no one used. <laughs> As we paid full price for the tickets, but on the other side of me is this lovely family from Iowa. And um we just, I don't know, get talking to the lady for whatever reason, or she says something that catches my ear. And maybe it was the kids going, What's dad gonna sing tonight? Ah, uh, and that would do it. It was the family of the baritone I think his name is Craig Irwin. I know Craig. That's what I thought because I started talking about you and James because he studied at University of Tennessee, Knoxville before moving back to Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Craig and I have worked together with James. Actually, I'm sure that I've met his wife and kids, but they were like itty yeah. bitty. Yeah, the, yeah, the twins are 10 now. Yeah. I mean, like I've spent 15 <laughs> minutes talking to them. I can tell you the twi- their birthday's coming up in July. Yeah. Okay, well, that's twins great. I'll make sure to send them some gifts. Twins will be 10 in July. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, did, did they remember James and, and me? Um, well, I didn't get to talk to Craig, Craig. because uh, he's on stage. Gotcha. But the funny thing is when he's singing these love songs, he, it's like he's looking right at his wife, and she's two oh, seats over from me. But there was a couple where he was singing these angry songs, you know. And they were right to you? No, they were to the 10-year-old who was fidgeting. <laughs> That's, are I you said, sure? They I might said, have been to you. It could have been. Yeah. I said, But I said it in remission. I said, does your dad, when you do, are you in trouble, does your dad use that voice at home? Oh, all the time. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I was in Iowa singing some opera just a couple of weeks ago. I pulled all this up. I was you know? showing this to the lady. I said, you were doing, oh, I forgot the name of it now, but it said it. I found it. Yeah, you one, found it? What yeah. was the name of it? Who it was knows? one word. 
Cabildo. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I've already forgotten. It's a naughty word. <laughs> Something you don't see every day. Yeah, I was singing Cabildo at the Simpson <clears throat> College, which is actually where Des Moines Opera performs. Yeah. So the, the And that's where they is live, beautiful. is Des Moines. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 20 minutes from where I was. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, that was a good, uh, good night, and you were flying, so you flew to... Iowa, you flew to New York, you flew to Baton Rouge, you flew to Knoxville. Oh, that's a lot of places. Have I really not been back since I even flew to Knoxville? I mean, to, <laughs> since I flew to New York? I, to the last time you were here, it's been uh, it's been a hot minute. I think since January. I think so. I mean, I can tell oh, you. Yeah, I, I, I guess mean, you're I have right. I have a, a a way to look it up. So I haven't been here since I went to Hamilton. I don't think we heard about that. Oh my goodness! I mean, I'll tell you. Give me a second. I'll look it up on the. Uh, well, while you're looking that on up. On the YouTube studio. Well, we did the rotisserie chicken episode, the uh, the Peruvian chicken. Right. That's the last time we saw each other. But before that, um, we talked about my, my fig problems, January 19th or thereabouts. January. Yeah, okay. mid, well, yeah. Mid-January. Yeah, so I probably went to Hamilton after that. Yeah. How was it? It was great. In actually. New York? Yeah, in New York. And that's different than, I mean, everyone, it seemed like everybody in Knoxville saw it. Yeah, I mean, I think they did. But I the weekend bad. before they saw it in Knoxville, I saw it in New York. I feel bad that I didn't sign up for the Hamilton Lottery. They had a ticket lottery where you could buy tickets for $10. I saw that. And I thought, well, what are the chances that I'm going to get any? Right? I had so, a friend who got one. I had a friend who not only got tickets to that, but also it was the second time they went. They got tickets to both two different shows in Knoxville. Nice. I'm thinking, well, why didn't I put in the lottery? Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. So I missed out. But it'll come back. I'll figure out another way. I'll, I'll read the book. I'll, I'll do something. I'll look at a $10 bill. I'll do something. <laughs> so you've never seen it? No. Oh, okay. So I was staying in the hotel at the Paramount, which is like right across the street from where Hamilton performs. You can see it like when you come out of the front yeah. door. And I was there for an audition that was in the afternoon. And I thought, you know, what do I want to do that night? And I, I'd always look and see what's playing at the Met because why not? Because you're was, opera. You're an opera right. lady. But it was Elixir of Love, and it was not with a cast that I really cared about. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm going to look up and see. So I also go to, you know, like the tickets. Yeah, TKTS. Yeah. Right? And always see what kind of discounts they have. There wasn't anything for Hamilton, but I thought, well, I'll just look. You know, and typically, whenever I've looked for Hamilton tickets in New York, they've always been sold out. But there were like three or four tickets left available on that Friday night in my price range, which is the other part of it. Yes. And I was like, yep, I'm going. And I really just wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Sure, sure. You know, I've heard some bits and pieces of the tunes, but my brothers and their kids and all of my nieces and nephews are obsessed with it. So I was like... What's well, I, all the fuss about? I know. I find that on, on Scholar's Bowl all the time. Anytime there's a question about Alexander Hamilton or anybody who's in that storyline, I, I always tease the kids, say, you can sing it if you want. And they all <laughs> laugh and go, ah. But, you know, it's an easy joke to get, easy laugh to get. But they, they, it resonates with them. Yeah, it does. They love it. Yeah. So, And, you know, honestly, uh, it was one of my favorite evenings in the theater. Did really you good. find at all these airports you visited, and did you go to LaGuardia by any chance? Oh, my gosh. I think I did. It's so new now. Oh, really? Because I'm, last time I was yeah. at LaGuardia, it was pretty bad. Oh, no. It's and that's where I first noticed the, uh, the, the disintegrating paper towels at airports. And now they have them in Knoxville. They dissolve. They're like tissue paper. You go to dry your hands, and the, and the towel, you, and you pull down, and you get nothing except whatever's in between your fingers. You, you can't, you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I, I mean. Maybe you get nicer towels in the ladies' room. Yeah. 
They, they know I'm coming, so that <laughs> I just nice I find it infuriating that you I can't. <laughs> the paper towels just dissolve on contact. You have to dry your hands before you can dry your hands. I've not experienced that. Maybe I maybe I have unusually wet hands. <laughs> maybe. Do you think they're they're trying to get you to use the air dryers? Well, I think save some trees. They were, but then uh, in the during the pandemic, pandemic, yeah, they they went back to paper towels. A lot of these places. Yeah, because apparently the air blows around the the germs. germs yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I but I had to. I, I haven't flown in forever, right? Or forever, a long time. But I went up to at the end of January to see Megan and the kids, and I spent up spending a week there. Um, so I flew both ways. Well. On the way back to Knoxville, we're coming in for the landing, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm recognizing all the sights. I'm like, oh, look, I know exactly where we are. And all of a sudden, we start, um, and we're getting lower and lower. You can see Alcoa Highway. You're close enough right. that you can practically you can identify the cars. You can't quite read the license plates, but we're getting <laughs> down there. You're close. Uh, coming down yeah. Alcoa Highway, right? Yeah. Uh, on the airplane. And then all of a sudden, we start accelerating really fast. Uh-oh. And I'm like, this is not good. Why are we going so fast? As we're coming in for a landing, and then of course we start tilting way up. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and it <laughs> so at the last minute before landing, maybe the last minute and a half before landing, I think is all it would have taken. We just all of a sudden we go up, back up, and then we go out over West Knoxville, and I'm Why? down. And there's no no no, no word no. yet, and I'm looking down. We sit, and we're coming back around, and here's Thompson Bowling and Neyland Stadium, and we're coming. And then when we come back down. Uh, Alcoa Highway, we make the landing. And the, co- the captain finally comes on and says, yeah, about that, uh, folks, apparently there was some uh, close traffic on the runway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we avoided rear-ending somebody on the oh runway who hadn't gotten out of the way in time. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations to that pilot. I'm glad I was not on that plane. Yeah. Did I tell you about the flight that I took from, it was like, I can't remember where I was coming from originally, but it was from Dallas to Baton Rouge. It was yeah. the second leg of the flight. And we're flying in, and of course, there's all sorts of rain in that area. So one would suspect a little bit of turbulence. Okay. Okay. So, But they had told us it was going to be clear skies, and that's the well, when you fly like, into When you fly into Vegas, which is a desert, it's one of the bumpiest flights ever because of the, the hot air rising. There's yeah. no rain. It's just but turb- very turbulent. Yeah. They told us it was clear air. So anyway, that's the worst. They tell you it's going to be clear, no turbulence, and yeah. then you start hitting a bunch of turbulence. And it was really bad. It was bouncing all around, and like everyone was kind of getting nervous. And the person sitting next to me, he started getting nervous, and he's like gripping the sides of the, the chair. And... Um, I was like, I hate turbulence, you know, because at that point it's like, we haven't really spoken to each other yet. Yeah. Start talking. And he was like, yeah, have you seen the, the TV series lost? And oh. I'm like, Bad, yeah, but that's, that's not the topic to bring up right now. You know, like, about the I mean, plane that disappeared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you seem cool, but like, I don't want to end up on an Island with you. <laughs> and then he starts telling me as we're going through all this turbulence that, the most likely time to crash is in takeoff or landing. Of course. And I'm like, you know, that's great again. Yeah. But well, there's no doubt about it. Planes don't normally <laughs> just fall out of the sky. It's because it's the speeding up and slowing down process because, you yeah. know, all the aerodynamics that they have to create this vacuum over the wings in order to, to, to push you up and have air for, you know, the pressure push you up. And then similarly, when you're going down, you have to put the, those flaps are dragging and creating right. brakes. Like, oh, I get it. so much going on. It's a miracle. When you're trying to land, it's not really what you want to talk about. No, no I don't, <laughs> don't want to think about that. We made it, we made it fortunately. Well, Catherine, yeah. if uh, for any reason, you know, there were a tragedy and we had to identify your remains, we could ask Dr. Bill Bass, founder of the Body Farm, 
That was a really nice transition. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> he, well, he used to be on what's called the DMORT team, which is a um, military or really a, a governmental agency. I have to look up what it stands for. But he, in many of the books that you can buy at BoneZones.com, don't forget the, the S, the DMORT team, the Disaster Mortuary Operational Re- Response Team. Okay. DMORT. Um, so it's run by, looks like it's now done by Health and Human Services. So people like Dr. Bass and other uh, first responders would go and find the dead and sort them into piles gotcha. to, you know, like yeah. like when the, the fireworks explosion happened years ago, they put the, had to find which, he looked at the legs that were shaved and the legs that were not shaved. Yeah, I mean, somebody has to do it. And put the shaved legs in one yeah. pile and the unshaved legs in another pile. And that started the, uh, he had to start somewhere. Right. So... Uh, Dr. Bass, they can read about these. Oh, sure. That's exactly. Uh, When you read about Dr. Bass, the body farm, of course, this is the new, uh, have you seen this one? You haven't seen this yet, the long sleeve tea. This is nice. Isn't that nice? I like that photo. Yeah. That's very realistic. Uh, And then on the back, it's got a list of all the different books that tell you about, um, some of them are fiction books, the Jefferson Bass body farm novels, but two of them on here, Death's Acre and Beyond the Body Farm, are nonfiction. And uh, they'll tell you some of the more, you know, True life grizzly tales that have happened around here, nice. but we, they've got the hats. You've seen the hats before. You've got the uh, the books, of course. Um, Carved in Bone is the first of the fiction books. Um, Death's Acre is the first of the nonfiction books. That's why we have those here. It's good. So the much souvenir swag. skulls. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you get it all at BoneZones.com. Don't forget the S. They uh, went to Dr. Bass's house not long ago and had him sign a bunch of new stuff. That had just come in. That's great. And I think that I tell you, I think you and I were talking at the opera, or maybe it was Channel 6 a little bit, that um, at the Rose Glen Literary Festival, he was unable to attend because of his Meniere's disease. So you're kind of doing the presentation now, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. We, knew, we knew that he was having an episode, so we had a couple, I had a couple of days to prepare if he was there and if he was not there. Right. So I brought along some audio recordings of Dr. Bass and me talking about in this case, it was identifying bodies in fires and uh, the, the tri-state crematory scandal in Noble, Georgia. Um, so I did this whole lecture about cremation and everything, and the kids in the front row are the UT students from uh, the forensic department. I'm looking oh, right. at them like, am I messing up? No, they're like, they're like, oh, like, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah so that's I, awesome. I felt pretty good about that. That's awesome. Um, but that's uh, also bonezones.com. You find out about all of those things, get the merch, and uh, that's it. I guess that's the commercial. Yeah. You know, it was fun seeing you at Living East Tennessee do your little spiel spiel about Frank and Friends. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And you, you did great with my social media, like, photos that you took of me doing my interview. I was like, uh-oh, I think Frank's hired. He used to follow me around and take photos. I was, I was hoping you'd return the favor. That's a good one to me. I got a couple. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, well, I did, yeah, I missed being there for a while. I was going... Well, the whole schedule, you know from watching the podcast, my whole schedule has been topsy-turvy, upside down Mm -hmm. since October because we got all the Scholars Bowl shows done. um, And I try to watch them every night. Nice. Which is, you know, sometimes I'll have like a 6 o'clock board meeting and I'll be literally in the car in the parking lot watching the episode because I found a mistake on one the other night and I felt so bad for the crew. But, I mean, it's my mistake. I'm the one who has flubbed up. Sure. But it should have gotten cut out because on the episode, I'm, I said, whatever I said, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, hang on, let me start again. Thank you for watching Tennessee Scholars Bowl. And I do that. 
and it's all on TV. Uh, the whole part of me going, I'm going to start again. Three, two. Thank you for watching. And, you know, turning oh, off. Oh, it's on? It's yeah. on? Yeah. Oh. So they've cut it out now, so okay. it won't be on the reruns. That's but I felt so embarrassed. I felt so stupid. But that's why I watch the shows. <laughs> to make sure. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But you know what you can do, like, even if you're in a meeting? Yeah. You can use your AirPods. And if you get, like, a little bit of a wig or you wear one of these hats... I don't you know, know. I think people like nowadays sideways. Then you can have people, it over your ears. I think people ears. nowadays just wear their AirPods all the time. You can. You can wear your AirPod, but and you can have your video on. You know, someplace else. Okay, like at the next time we have a Marvel next City time you're at board a meeting, board meeting, you can you do it. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Jerry. Wears I have her, long hair. So yes, Jerry is able to hide her AirPods under her hair. Mm-hmm. So I will be talking to her, not realizing that she can't hear me because mm-hmm. she's listening to one of her podcasts. Whereas with me, it's pretty obvious that I've right. got, you know, I've got sure. the AirPods on. Um, but I found, I had this, this crisis. I went to the dentist. And I, th- I remember thinking to myself, well, I won't bring the AirPods to the dentist. Okay. I don't need them at the dentist. Because sure. I, I generally talk like this. Or, I talk to everybody. Or I want to hear, they're talking to me the whole time. But I finish at the dentist and I start driving home and I get an alert on my phone. And it says... You, I lost my AirPods, or what does it say? You know, find it's find, find my AirPods. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I get this with my iPad all the time. Sure, and it says find my AirPods, and last seen at this the address on Middlebrook Pike. That's the dentist's address. Okay, it's the exact address of the dentist. Sure. So what do I do? You drive back to the dentist. And I drive back to the dentist, and I say, I, according look, my phone says I've they're I've here. Yeah. Left my AirPods here. And they're we'll like, well, them. we didn't find them. I said, but you're welcome to look around. We, we're now on lunch break. There's The rooms are all empty. And I felt so bad because I went, I was down on all fours looking under every dental chair. I was opening the cabinet where the, um, the x-ray, the big lead <laughs> x-ray vest was. that's where you would have left them. Well, because I thought they're magnetic, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. That's right? true. Yeah. And uh, they've got the case is magnetic. <laughs> And I'm thinking, they, if they lean me way back to take the x-rays, or they lean me way back. And, I, and I've had an issue at home okay. where they have slid out of my pants pockets, and they end up between couch cushions. Sure. So that's the first place I usually look, is between the cushions of the couch. Right. Well, I, I have searched this entire place. I'm sweating. I've broken out in a sweat like Todd Steed was coming over. <laughs> and I can't find the AirPods anywhere in the place. And they say, well, if we find them, we'll give them to you. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because at this point, time's a ticking. Right. And i got to come back and start doing a show for Lake George, New York, radio right. show for them. Because that's the other thing I've been busy doing is two radio shows a day for uh, Knoxville and the sister station up in Lake George, New York, which you can find online at lakegeorgeradio.com. But um, it's, it's good. It's nice. It is nice. So... I get home and I'm like, I'm just exhausted. I'm like, I'm so furious. I'm call, about to call Jerry and yell and say, but she's at work. She doesn't want to hear me. Right. She's probably listening to a podcast no. anyway. Right. So she doesn't want to know. Yeah. But I come in and there they are right there on the counter. <laughs> so That's now, great. So now I got to call the, right where I left them. So now I got to call the dentist back and say, hey. Uh, I'm really sorry. Remember that big fuss that I made and how I kind of turned everything upside down and dumped all the trash Accused cans you out? of threat of like stealing them. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and but, <laughs> Maybe somebody there had my AirPods that are expensive that I got for my birthday. And yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, I have them. They're here. That's good. I have them at home. That's so now how, that's what always happens to me. I didn't know that because now I've been now. That was the first time it happened to me. Now I get these false alarms almost every time I leave the house. Where I pick some random address that that's I've just driven by and says, "Oh, you left your AirPods." Like, but I don't. I didn't ever used to get those messages, and then in Iowa, I got a message saying that. 
there was something was disconnected or close by, and it made me like actually start panicking. Like, mm-hmm. no, mine are here. I have mine in my hand. So who is close enough to me on the outside of this yeah. little cabin that I'm in that? It's picking up their yes. AirPods, you know, so that kind of freaked me out. But in general, I have, I think... Well, some women are freaked out about those AirTags because... Um, uh, I saw news on this AirTag, I guess, is like that, right? Yeah. It's just a location device. Oh, okay. This woman put one on her dog, mm. but um, the... Um, or and Somehow, some machine or husband, they both have it, but it's registered to his phone. So every time the dog comes near her, Apple sends her a warning that she's being stalked. That's terrible. So just like, don't know. You know, I mean, we don't need to know. But then when you actually lose your AirPods, you can't ever find them and it's not working, right? So I've lost, I think, four, like, sets of AirPods. Oh, my gosh. Because you, you tell it to make a noise and it doesn't make a it noise. It doesn't make a noise. It doesn't no. do anything. So, uh, the noise, when it does make it, when you finally find it tell it to make a noise, the noise is so low, there's no way you would have heard it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm notorious for losing things. And then refinding them in strange places. So what do you do with all these extra AirPods once you refine them? Well, currently, I just found two extra sets this weekend. <laughs> I was looking through my bags to find my bank card because I lost my bank card the last time. I, the last time I saw it was when I was in Knoxville, like in February or something. I don't even remember when I was here. And... I couldn't. I haven't seen it, but no mm-hmm. one has used it because right. I can clearly see that it's not been stolen. Which so, is good. I, which is great. So I know it's somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking through everything, you know, exactly what you're doing on all hands and knees and just ca- climbing around everything. And you I, may as well get a paper towel and some Windex exactly. and clean the floor while you're I mean, down exactly, there. You know? Exactly. That's what I so, but done. I did find two sets of AirPods on That's my hilarious. journey to find my credit card. <laughs> I wouldn't mention any particular spouse or close relative who uh, may have lost a credit card or a bank card and has been on the phone to notify the company when said husband finds them in the back pocket of the clothes she was wearing the week before. Yeah. Well, that's what James was like, you've been calling it a new one just yesterday. And I was oh, like, yeah. no, I don't want to. I know as soon as I make that phone call, I'm going to find it. I'm sorry, Jerry, but I got to tell that <laughs> we were doing the income taxes, getting all the paperwork ready, all the receipts and everything mm-hmm. ready. And Jerry says, oh, remember when I called the credit card company and say they never said they never sent us the new cards? Here they are. In a sealed envelope. <laughs> yeah. Unmarked. That's you me. Know? Yeah. So we had got replaced. We had to get, and then we have to change everything because we had to get a new number for everything. It's the one we use for all the online purchases. So we have to cut everything, Amazon and the website hosting and everything. You have to go in and reset the numbers. Yeah. And then, of course, she finds the ones with the old numbers. I feel really seen right now. Yeah. yeah. So guess where I found, guess where I found my, my debit card? Maybe that's the title of the episode. Thing. I feel really seen right now. Okay. Where'd you find the debit card? In my wallet. Behind my driver's license, which was also, well, okay, in fairness. And I've looked through my wallet a hundred times and pulled out all the credit cards and all the things. This was behind my driver's license, behind my um, insurance card. So you stuck it in. And then it was like stuck in between a couple things. But at least I found it. (laughs) Only a month or two later. (laughs) What were you telling me about the Soprano pocket one time? Oh, that's here, you know. Is it a real pocket? No. It's because dresses, like, you know, in the 16th century and 17th century, they didn't make pockets in the skirts. And costumes now very rarely come with pockets for women in the skirts. 
but oh. we have corsets. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, nice and everything's... Everything gets lifted. Everything's tight, so you can... Just place things in there. Yeah. Well, all right. The reason <laughs> I ask is, is Jerry at the Knoxville Coral... Here. In the off-season of the Knoxville Coral Society, Jerry said the seamstress who... Uh, Men's all, men's all their dresses has offered to put in pockets. Nice. So they're surveying the women to see where they would like them, and there's three options, and one of them is right there. And I thought, oh, that's the Here. soprano yeah. pocket. Yeah. And and they, they say, well, that would be bad because it would be too might be too Bulky. lumpy. Yeah. And the other is the sides where you're you know. Meanwhile, the men directors are like, well, why do you need pockets? <laughs> What's what are you just going to be in your pocket? Your phone you can't have your phone on stage. Keys, <laughs> lipstick. Yeah, see, they need you, you know. to explain all this. Well, well, do men need to have their wallets in their pockets? Well, so women might need not to have when you're on cash. stage. I try to lock, try to find a place to lock Where mine are you up. Lock it, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to find a place to lock it up somewhere else because I don't like that bulkiness of having the phone and the wallet and every other thing. Sure. Because I have to have room for my Luden's cough drops. See, my <laughs> cough drops. That's exactly what you need. <laughs> Well, um, if you do like listening to things like this, and I hope that you do, uh, please check out Audible and go to audibletrial.com slash show for a free 30-day premium membership so you can try out all of the benefits of Audible. And premium members get a credit every month for an MP3 download. Nice. And during your free month, you'll get one credit for an MP3 download. You can use it during that month, or if you're going to keep Audible, you can save it, bank them. You know, some of the uh, longer projects require two or three credits, but there's a zillion that you can get with one credit, so take advantage of that. And try it out, uh, audibletrial.com, Frank and Friends Show. You can listen on all your devices. It'll save your spot. Great. There's always new audio material, the new audio books coming out every week, new custom audio entertainment from Audible, just a gazillion things, and podcasts like this one that you can listen to all, you know, in one convenient location. It's awesome. Yeah, so check that out. Yeah. And um, we haven't had the the beach towel during the winter, but I brought it back out. Even though it's still cold. Well, I mean, it's that's. It's I think I think we're past it. I think we're past it for I a while. So. <laughs> Although my neighbor Nancy says, "Don't plant anything till Mother's Day." I have. Um, I don't have time to show you my fig cuttings right now, but <laughs> not eighteen of them. This is. Oh, I didn't even explain the, the tulips from next door neighbor Nancy. I got to get out there and next plant time. those. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the beach towel and all the other beautiful merchandise. Please look at this up and find this at uh, frankandfriendsshow.com/store. And thank you for your help with that website, Catherine. I think uh, there's a few things I need to still need your help with on that. We'll have to get it updated. Yeah, yeah. but it's all good. All right. And that's. Um, there you go, 30 minutes episode. I told you I could knock one out. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the next one. <laughs> All right. This is the Frank and Friends Show. Please do subscribe on YouTube. Smash that button for notifications, and we appreciate you. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Catherine Frady. And we'll talk to you again next time.